going to look at during this gratitude and thankful season of November. We're going to look at some of these Proverbs, but today I kind of want to give this idea of what wisdom is, okay? How many would love to say, man, I wish I had more wisdom, right? How many, how many uh, those in the, the uh, latter years uh, of, their, uh, of their living would say, man, I wish I would have known then what I know now. Like, I'm 40, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have some of the things that I know now back when I was younger um, would have saved me some, some potholes and some struggles in life. Uh, here's, here's the thing. I think we need to understand what wisdom is first and foremost. Um, I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. I'm going to get to the definition here in a minute. But when I was the uh, when I first got hired on as a youth pastor at 21 years old, uh, my senior pastor that was over me, he, he would sit me in his office and he'd say, "Well, one day when you get wisdom, when you're old enough to have wisdom." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, wisdom comes with age? Like, is that the only way that we can get wisdom?" And then you start meeting people and you go, "Well, this person's old and they suck. <laughs> you know, like they don't have wisdom at all." Um, so, uh, you know, is there hope for me? Like, and then you meet somebody that's really young and you're like, you're wise beyond your age. Like that saying, because wisdom isn't something that comes with age. It's something that comes with intention. Wisdom isn't something that just naturally happens in our life. It's something that, that Proverbs says we, we seek out. If, if you read Proverbs one through nine, these, or, or really two through nine, these stories from a father to a son, and he constantly is saying, seek this, hear this, listen to this, don't run from this. So, so this is what the definition of wisdom is. It's this, the ability to discern inner qualities and relationships, okay? So that's one definition of wisdom, right? When we are able to judge people appropriately, okay? Ability to discern inner qualities and relationships. Good sense, common sense is attached to wisdom, Accumulated philosophical or scientific learning. Smart people have wisdom. That's what that means. Here's my favorite definition of, of wisdom, though. A wise attitude, belief, or course of action. And here's why. Because that definition encompasses everything that the rest of the definitions are saying. It's saying, listen, wisdom isn't just a thought process. It's an attitude and an action of our life. You can have knowledge and not be wise. I love what Charles uh, Spurgeon uh, says, an uh, old school uh, preacher and evangelist. He says, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great as a fool, a, as, uh, of a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. That's such a great definition of what wisdom is. It's, it's saying, I, I have the, the knowledge. I, have, I know it up here. Wisdom is saying, I know how to use it out here. See, a lot of people, they want to collect all this stuff in their brain. And I want, oh, I know this and I know that. And, and uh, we meet Christians that have the head knowledge of who God is, what he's done, how great he is but they haven't allowed it to seek into their life and out through the, the way that they live their life so that everybody else could see it. So let's jump into Proverbs. Proverbs 1, 1 through 4. It says this. 
These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Now, we have to understand, if you don't know about Solomon, Solomon, uh, the Bible says, was the wisest person of his time. When you read the, the, the book uh, uh, about Solomon, it says that God gave him an opportunity. To, he said, what would you like? And he said, I want to be wise. And he said, so because he wanted wisdom, he also gave him riches. Now, that's not, a, that's not a guarantee in our life. Don't go home, start praying for wisdom, and think that your bank account's going to grow, okay? But because Solomon wasn't just make me rich, but he was all, I want to know how to, to live in a way that is wise, that he, God blessed him in many other ways. So these Proverbs are collected not just of Solomon, as, as the uh, Bible Project said, which, by the way, you can watch the Bible Project on the Right Now Media stuff that we give you all for free, um, but it says that th- these were the startings of uh, the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. It says their purpose, these wise statements, purpose, is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insight of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. See, this book in the Bible is literally here to help you gain both spiritual and practical daily wisdom. When you read Proverbs, you can read one or two Proverbs and you can just see. Uh, Matter of fact, through the the chapters 10 through 29, you'll get a lot of these one-liners. The wise do this, the the, 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 uh, stupid do this pretty much. Um, it's essence, that's what Proverbs is saying. A lot of these, you know, the wise people do this, the foolish person does this, the, the, the wise person does this, this person does this. The wise leads to this, and the, and the foolish things lead to this. And so we learn through the book of Proverbs that there are actions and there are attitudes and there are beliefs that will lead us one way in life or the other. And we start to put them into practice in our life. They give us spiritual wisdom, but they also give us practical daily wisdom. I was giving my son one uh, in the car last night, and I said, you know what the Bible says about, um, about talking? The Bible says that even a fool sounds wise if they just keep their mouth shut. Now, I wasn't scorning him. We were just talking about it, right? Um, <laughs> so don't take it the wrong way. Um, but we were just talking about like how in this day and age, how, how many know everybody wants to out-talk the next person? Everybody wants to one-up the next person. Oh, well, you did this. Well, I did this. Oh, you have that. Well, I have this. And the Bible says you can sound very wise just by keeping your mouth shut and letting everybody talk foolish around you. But we want to one-up or we want to tell everybody our story and realize that not everybody needs to hold your story in their hand. Wisdom is not just a mental thing. It helps you grow every day closer to God and becoming a wise, disciplined, and just human being. If you look at what it says there in Proverbs 1, it says what? Their purpose, the, the wisdom teachings, their purpose is to teach people to what? To live not think. It doesn't say teach people how to think. It says teach people how to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These are all active things. This isn't a thought process, okay? How many have gone to college? I can't raise my hand, but if you went to college, raise your hand, like, right? So you got knowledge, 
but you did not get wisdom in your uh, specific line, unless you did uh, interim uh, work or practical works. You know, like that. And that's why I think it's important, like places like nurses and doctors, they don't just go, okay, you have all the head knowledge, now just go, go do. Because how would you like, like to be the first patient? So have you done this? Have you ever seen it, doc? Nope, but I read about it. No, thank you. You're not touching me. I want you to go try this out on somebody else first. I want you to go watch it a few times before your hands get in the middle of it, right? And, and, and so wisdom is saying you have the knowledge now I want to give you the action behind it. I used to see it all the time with young pastors, uh, young pastors that would go to seminary. Like I said, I can't raise my hand. I didn't go to seminary. I didn't go to college at all. Uh, I learned from, it sounds weird to say, I learned from the streets uh, how to be a Jesus follower, but uh, uh, that's, it really was. I, I put myself under mentors and, and people that would raise me up biblically. And I did a lot of studying on my own. I, I, I wanted to learn things. So i deep dive into Old Testament and New Testament things, but I never went to college, right? But I would, I would uh, get these young um, pastors that would come out and they're still in college and they would be like, well, my professor says. I'm like, who? Have you done it before? Ever, ever put a message together? Ever actually preached in front of somebody? Ever led a team that half of them want to like, you know, abandon ship when things go bad? No, you haven't. So you've got knowledge, but the Bible says wisdom is, is taking that knowledge and taking what, what you learn through study and what you learn through collecting of life and saying, this is how I put it together. And it can be uh, dispersed in every, like, it doesn't matter, spiritual or practical daily life, you can use wisdom in every aspect of your life. You heard him say a, a Hebrew word, hakma, right? That's the word that they use for wisdom. One of the things that I love about that word is that the actual definition of that word is, yes, wisdom, but it's also skilled or skillful. It means that you, you have not just have a knowledge of your trade, but you've put so much practice into your trade that you know what you're doing, right? How many would like to, how many would just hire a person to build your house that has never built a house before? You just wouldn't, Right? Ah, things don't have to be, uh, uh, you know, completely squared off. And, ah, you know, there's a little lean to your house. That's okay. It just gets you to your room faster. Like, no, that's not okay. You want the guy that says, yeah, this is, I, I've, I lost track of how many times I've worked on homes or I've built homes. You trust that guy. He could eyeball it and you're like, yeah, that's good. I, I trust you. Because they've got time in their practice. They understand, and they can, they can break it down for you, but they can also do it and just, and uh, I've heard it said this way about, you know, people complaining about what they pay for trades uh, crafts, right? Well, oh, you know, why are they so expensive? You're not paying for them to get it done because they can get it done really quick. Why? Because they've got the wisdom. Because they've got knowledge attached to action that allow them to do things quicker. And so that's what wisdom is. It's this attachment of my head knowledge living it out. This is why I believe a lot of Christians um, have a hard time living for Jesus. It's because we want to jump to wisdom and we don't even have knowledge yet. How can you live wise without knowledge? Well, you don't understand. Jesus saved me. I feel good about this. I'm, I'm emotionally ramped up. I'm ready to go. And you're like, yeah, but what do you know? Because if wisdom is the action of knowledge, we also have to realize that knowledge is important. 
Because you'll get into conversations where people say, well, what do you, oh, you're a Christian? What do you think about this? Or you'll just say, uh, well, doesn't, doesn't God, you'll hear this a lot, um, especially as we progress in our life, you'll hear, but God is a God of love, so he must love everyone. Sounds so nice, doesn't it? But really what they're trying to do is they're trying to bait you into saying, well, then God can't be against people in the way they live, because if God is love, then he's against his own nature to be against them. But we, we read that wisdom is disciplined, living. It, it, is a, it is successfully living according to God's will and God's plan, and not just our own emotions and our own feelings and our own wants, but we have to have that knowledge. We have to know what the Bible says. We have to know what, the, what God's word is to us. So we have to be skillful in our, uh, our life. The, the root word of hakma actually goes back to, and it says that um, means to be wise in mind, in word, and in action. So once again, it's constantly putting together. I hope that one thing you get out of today is wisdom is not just a thought process. It is more of an active being of what God is pouring into us. It is knowledge that says, I'm going to do something with it. So uh, to live and to do, to see a wise person isn't just someone who can regurgitate word, but imitate in action. That's why I think it's so important as Christians... um, I want you to know your word. I want you to study. That's why we, you know, we'll constantly point you back to the U, uh, Uversion Bible app. We'll constantly say, please, if you don't have it, go get Right Now Media. Uh, that's why we say get in a life group so that you can learn and study and get around good people that are going to uh, help you grow in your faith. But please don't stop there. Don't know all of these things and then do nothing with them. We've got to get it out, and we've got to imitate in action. Paul says this, right? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Uh, These wise sayings actually lead to powerful and wise living when soaked into the character of who we are. So I want to give three thoughts on wisdom this morning. Um, And the first thought is this. He talks about it in the, the opening video. Fear of God is the foundation for wisdom. The fear of God is the foundation for living a life of wisdom. Okay, so if you look at Proverbs 1 and 7, and then we'll look at Proverbs 9 and 10, they say very similar things. It says this. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, fear of the Lord is what? The foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and what? Okay, say it. Discipline. God, I feel old when I'm about to say what I'm about to say. But you're not supposed to laugh at that. You're supposed to be like, Pastor, you're not old at all. Um, you're wearing Mickey Mouse, for heaven's sake. Uh, so, so I have, wa- you know, I'm in this you know, weird age in life, and, and, and those that are older than me, you've been there at one point where you feel like you're still kind of young, but you're attaching more to the older, and you can say, like, I see generations living at one time, and I, I feel like in the middle of it. And so I, I've got generate my parents' generation. I've got my grandparents' generation that, that I've connected to in different ways. And then I'm, you know, I've been in, attached to youth ever since I was a teenager and, and all the way down. And so, um, and so I see it, and I, and I look at it, and I go, I can see the morality step, right? We can go way back to the 50s. And, and not to say that teenagers weren't teenagers back in the 50s and they didn't do stupid things. Just ask anybody that was a teenager in the 50s, they did stupid things. 
Okay, they race their cool cars and, and they all look like greasers and they wanted to be pink ladies and whatever. That's what Greece tells me. Okay? And some of the younger ones are going, what's Greece? Um, but, you know, they had their, but, but, but they still had this sense of morality. Right and wrong was a lot heavier because parents just didn't discipline. You could go to school and get your butt whooped. <laughs> Shoot, you do something stupid, somebody in the neighborhood that barely knows you is going to whoop your butt. You know, and then you'll probably get a licking from everybody in the family. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, mom, dad, they'll just line up like a sorority and fraternity and just whoop you with a paddle. (laughs) You know, so you knew, but listen, and then we get to like, and and I I still felt like I I was raised in uh, a very, you know, tougher generation where still, I mean, like my parents weren't the only ones that disciplined me. My uncles, my, like everybody seemed to have the ability to whoop my butt, including my principal. But I was a good kid, so I never had to worry about that. I don't think so. Um, my principal never whooped my butt. Um, but it, I know he whooped my brother's butt. Um, <laughs> that's a different story, right? So, so then we get, to, you know, we get to the next like, major step down in generation. We get to like, my kid's generation. And I'm watching videos of them standing up in class and trying to fight teachers. I'm, I'm watching them reading a report of of, of kids that just to get TikTok famous, walking up behind people in parks and, and, and punching them in the head and pulling guns on people just, just to get a little bit of clout on social media. Where, where, did, where did we go wrong? It, it has to do with the disciplined aspect. It has to do with wisdom. They don't care to even gain knowledge, let alone how to use it. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 9 and 10 says this, fear of the Lord is, once again, the foundation of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. You want to know how to have good judgment in your life? Be connected to the Holy One, you know, God the Father, and get his knowledge. Fear of the Lord includes this, so, so that we understand this, because, and we talked about this a little bit, um, but the fear of the Lord isn't a scary thing. It's not a, 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 a God's angry, and he's going to torment you, and he's going to uh, make bad things happen if you do bad things. The fear of the Lord includes reverence for. I, the best way that I picture that is marriage. Like I love my wife. I have a reverence. I have a, a special relationship that is just for her. That when I said I do, there was a reverence for her over every other woman on this earth. There's a, there's a specialness. In, 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 in a biblical sense, we would say a holiness that God deserves over every other thing. It also means to trust in. To have a trust in who God is and what he says. That his word is true and that his actions are right. And it is a commitment to the Lord and his will for your life. Wisdom comes from saying, I'm just not going to bail ship when it gets bad. You don't gain wisdom when you jump ship just because it's hard. You don't get wisdom when, when you go, well, I just I tried God. <laughs> well, I, I tried him, but he didn't work out for me. Well, you don't try God. He's not a pair of pants. I, He is God, and you either put your complete trust in him or you don't. If you have an exit strategy, you will take it. Because the moment it gets hard as a Christian, we will find an easier route. And and me and Stephanie were talking about this last night as we look at what's going on in Israel um, and all of that. There's going to come a time in, in our life, I believe, 
in my life at least, that being a Christian will actually be a, an extremely persecuted thing here in America. And I think a lot of Americans are going to run from being a Christian because it will not be comfortable and it will not be easy and it won't be as free as we like it to be. You don't have the discipline. If you don't have wisdom and knowledge, you will not be able to stand for God. It is what we build uh, on for gaining knowledge, for strength in action and boldness in belief. If wisdom is not the foundation, the house will fall because just emotions and hype aren't enough to secure a long life filled with the Spirit of God. One of the things that God is really doing in my life is... I may even do a message at the beginning of the year called Deconstructing Faith. And we, that word has been, um, it's been a hot topic word uh, in the last couple of years. And, and we can get, you know, really nervous of that word deconstruction. Because we, they, they use it in a way that, that it sounds like we're trying to throw out anything that the foundation has been built on. But if you built a bad house, don't you want to deconstruct it and start again? And so if your faith in God uh, maybe you had a good foundation, maybe you even had some good walls, and then somewhere along your life you started to implement other thought processes that, that attached itself to the house, then maybe you need to go back and knock some walls down for God to rebuild the house. Because if it's just built on emotion and hype, it will fade. If, if your foundational faith aspect is built on whether or not you can feel God at all moments of your life, you will walk away from Jesus because Jesus is not just an emotion, he is God. And emotions are just a part of it. So if you need to live on 10 at all times for your faith, you're going to fail, and I promise you you're going to fail. You will walk away from him because you'll be like, well, God, I don't feel you today. I don't, I don't man, when, when I prayed, I didn't, I didn't even feel like you were here. Guess what? Keep praying. Daniel prayed for 21 days straight, and, didn't, and it, said that, it even said that his prayers were not the answer, the Prayer got there, but the answer was being fought on the way down. And if you ever wonder if we believe in spiritual battles and spiritual dynamics, 100% we do. If, if the Bible says it, we believe it. And if Daniel prayed a prayer and God heard it and he answered it and he sent an angel to deliver it, uh, then, and, and the angel gets there and he says, I have been fighting on your behalf for 21 days to get you the answer problem is so many times we pray the prayer and if it doesn't happen tomorrow we're like god are you even listening and wisdom and knowledge says keep pressing in because it's not about emotion or hype it's about faithfulness you have to have something deeper than feelings to secure your belief system so the fear of the god is the foundation of wisdom the second thing this morning is this seeking wisdom puts us closer to god's heart If you want a comfortable Christianity, well, first of all, it doesn't exist. I would say this. I want to live in a place that I live uncomfortable Christianity because that's how I know I'm in the will of God. I want to never, I don't want to feel like I've got it all together. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to live in a place where I can answer all the questions and do all the things because then I'm not trusting in a God that, that is supernatural. I want to live in a way that I give my life to Jesus and in the natural, I do all that I can and say, God, you've got to do the rest. Seeking wisdom will help us to understand the fear of the Lord. Find the knowledge of God. God gives us wisdom. I want to uh, just pinpoint a couple of things out in Proverbs 2 and 3. They won't be on the screen, right? Um, 
but this is the, the story where he's saying, my son, da 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 He says uh, in, in Proverbs 2, starting in verse 1, he says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in, uh, whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the ways of the faithful ones. And then later on, um, he says in, in, in Proverbs 3, he says, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor, not just in a good name in the sight of God, but also in, uh, with man. And then one that I think a lot of people that go to church for any length of time know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Just in those two little sections of Proverbs 2 and Proverbs 3, the importance of seeking God's wisdom, seeking his truth, knowing God's heart. It will put you closer to Jesus. I think a lot of times we get rolling as Christians and we have just enough Jesus in us that we try to make the rest of it happen. Well, I've been going to church a little bit and, and I know that God is on my side and so I'm just going to fake the rest of it. And what happens is when you walk away and you stop getting into devotion and you stop making prayer an importance and when you stop making wisdom and, and knowledge something that you seek, then, we, then you naturally will start to go curve back to your own mind and thought process. How did I used to deal with things? Oh, when somebody made me angry, I just said whatever I wanted. I had a teenager, uh, our very first youth ministry that we ever led, I had a teenager, she just loved to run her mouth. And it didn't matter, teenager, adult, I mean, she would tell you what she was thinking. Her name was Selena. Um, she even, the, 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 her name sounds like she had attitude. Um, and, and so if, if you're Selena or your middle name's Selena, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, it's just, don't take it personally. But if you know Selena, maybe you're like, no, that's true. Um, but she would, she would sit in the middle of youth ministry and she would like talk over me. Listen here, little girl. You're going to learn. And it wasn't even like she was saying like, amen, pastor, you're awesome, you're amazing. Like, no, it was just like she's going to talk about the day with her neighbor. And so like one day, I just done had it on a Wednesday night. And so I was sitting here, I'm preaching like, you know, I would preach on the ground with him. And she was sitting like row two. We had like five rows deep. And, and she was sitting row two and she right? And and she was talking, and I just stopped and I said, Selena, do you what does everybody need to know? Because obviously what I'm saying isn't that important. So so go ahead, go at it. And she looked at me and I said, talk again, and you're gonna be sitting up here with me the whole time I preach. I go back to preaching, doing my thing, telling them about Jesus, all of a sudden right? Um, that's exactly how it sounded. Uh, and so I literally, like, I did not bat an eyelash, did not stop my message. In the middle of my message, I'm preaching. I go over. I pick her up in her seat. I move her seat right here next to me. And I said, do not move. And I just, the whole time, just continued preaching. The whole time. 
Because it was this idea that she didn't need what God was offering. And so many times, we are the distraction. We, we are the, the use of the enemy in the middle of when God's trying to speak to somebody in their life in a message. Or we are listening to other voices in our life and not God's. And we are the Selenas of our life. And we're not hearing God's voice because we are allowing all the other distractions to get in the way. God, I want to hear your voice, but you know, Facebook reels are far more important. God, I, I want to I trust your ways, but my friends are saying to do this. And, and because they're tangible and I can hear them, I just do what they want. And we allow the Selenas in our life to speak over the voice of God that is trying to give us knowledge and wisdom and true words that are going to help us live out the life that he's called us to. Because he says he'll make our path straight when we lean in to his understanding. The last thing I want you to hear this morning. So fear of God is the foundation of wisdom. Seeking wisdom puts us closer to God's heart. And the last thing is wisdom is a living word. It's active. It's, it's, not, it's not, this is not wisdom. It's a book full of words that have life. But can I tell you that this same book can mean absolutely nothing to people. I won't do it because I love this Bible. It's my Bible. It's very nice and I like it. But I did this one time, and I'm pro probably going to hell for it. But um, I ripped a Bible up in the middle of a message. <laughs> I got your attention there, didn't I? Because I said, listen, this word means absolutely nothing if it is not meaningful to your life and to your spirit, and if it is not practically being applied. It is just another piece of paper of printed words. There's nothing more holy about this book in its printed form than the dictionary if I do not allow its words to have power and purpose in my life. That's why one person can read a proverb and go, well, that's a cute saying, and another person can go read it, and the Spirit of God attaches to it because they're seeking God. And they go, wow, that right there radically changed my life. That's why when some people, you, listen, I would say this, never read the Bible just to get through it because it'll mean nothing to you. And always pray before you read. Holy Spirit, speak to me that your word would open up in ways that maybe I've never read them. And allow the word of God to jump off the page. Why? Because it's God's heart to you so that you can live it out. It is not a collection of words to be stored in your brain, but it is a, a, a grouping of God's spoken word to you so that it will change your life and you can go and live it out so that others may know his goodness and change because of it. Wisdom is not just given to the idea of what is right and good, but to live it out on a daily basis. Aristotle says this, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an, is not an act, but a habit. Just sit there and just think about that for a minute. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Blake showed me a video this morning. Um, you show me stuff, you tell me stuff right before church, it's going to probably weasel its way into the message. He's like, dang it. Um, I like to brag on him anyways because he's a cool guy. Um, and, and what, maybe a year and a half, two, it's almost been two years where you really committed to working out. 
Um, I mean, he's always been a, a good-looking, strong guy, but uh, he, he, well, he first started by saying, I want to get so big that my neck disappears. That was his... <laughs> Brooke, am I not lying? I'm telling the truth, okay? I'm not even exaggerating this one, okay? Um, I'm thank God that he did not go that route because, you know, Blake like this would be a little funny, but, but he was showing me this video of him squatting 600 pounds. Yeah! He can squat three of me. That's amazing. But think about this. Could you imagine if Blake would have walked in day one to the gym and said, rack them up, big boys, here we go. He'd have been on one of them fail army videos where his legs bent the wrong way. Blake would be walking like this. Why? Because he's what he repeatedly does. To get to a place where you can show your strength, you have to start at smaller weight. Oh, that's all you can do? Oh, that's all you got in you? But see, if he doesn't start there, he'll never get to 600 pounds. And the problem is, is in life, we will sit there and we'll constantly make fun of the person just starting out trying to discipline their life in whatever fashion, not realizing that in a short matter of time, you may be squatting 600 pounds. You may know nothing spiritually. Just start leaning in. Read the Gospels. Read about Jesus. Shut the noise of the enemy down. Stop listening to things that are negative. Stop allowing your, your, uh, your, your life to be dictated by emotions only and start to discipline your life so that your actions line up with God's holy word and his holy way for you. And little by little, you're going to see change to where one day you're like, how the heck am I squatting 600 pounds spiritually? How am I praying for people to be healed? How am I speaking life into people's lives? I didn't even know I could do this. And you'll find that the purpose and the passion of God in you was because it was the little habits day to day. It's an action. Wisdom is a living word. Wisdom is the marker on the path of godliness. They are never meant to just make you sound good or good for thought, but to change the actions that spring from the core of our heart and mind. To know to do good and to do good are two totally different things. Everybody would say, okay, let me, let me, let me make it practical. I would assume, maybe I'm wrong, that we would all in this room say that we would all admit that cussing is bad. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many still do? Just, to, just in your heart, just think about that for a minute. Think about that. We know to drop the F word in the middle of church would be a bad move. So why is it any different when we go out there? Oh, pastor, it's just a, but if it's just the word, then just drop it in church. Oh, no. It's not just a word. Because society has given it a meaning that we all know is vulgar. So we know, but we don't live. And I'm challenging you this morning that if you really want to live the way God wants you to live, then stop giving excuses to the things that you do that don't line up with his will and word for you. Either trust God or don't, but that's your choice. Curl your toes. I'm ending. Don't worry. Matter of fact, uh, Sharice, if you want to come on up. I'll bring you to the scripture for it, okay? Just so that you don't think that it's my opinion. 
James 4.17 says this. this. Can I tell you, this, this scripture messed me up as a teenager. Messed me up. I remember I was about 16 years old, and I read this in the book of James. By the way, if you don't like your toes being stepped on, don't ever read the book of James, because um, it'll hit you in the mouth and then turn around and sock you in the back of your head. Um, but James 4.17, remember, remember, it is sin. sin. This isn't just like, oh, hey, it's a bad idea. It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Pastor, I don't sleep with other women. I don't care. Do you gossip? Not real uncomfortable. Pastor, I I don't murder people. No, but do you think evil thoughts? Because the Bible says that to even think it is to act it. Read the book of Matthew. Jesus said. By the way, don't ever hit somebody that you really, really like, like I did with my wife. With that scripture, it doesn't turn out well. When we were not dating but best friends, I, I hit her with, uh, you know, lustful thoughts are bad. And just to think in your head is to might as well go do it. We, we wrote notes back to each other. Yeah, don't ever do that. That's, that's a bad way to try to lead your friend to closer to Jesus. She did not like that. But it's reality. To know to do something and to do it are two different things. So we've got to gain that wisdom. Say, God, what is it that you want from me? We can't just be satisfied with reading the Bible, but allowing the Bible to practically change us and shape us in God's image. To challenge us in things that don't look like him that need to go. To change things that need to be changed. To convict us for growth. To encourage us in spiritual living. And to pursue our hearts in every presence of our Father. Wisdom is taking knowledge and attaching it to action. But maybe some of us need to start with the knowledge part. And listen, that's not a, that's not a, uh, a condemning statement. If you don't know, you need to know. I don't expect super Christians to walk through the door. I'm tired of, and this is part of the deconstruction of church, I'm tired of thinking that everybody has to be on the same page and that everybody has to know the same things. Wherever you are at in your faith walk, be there and say, I want to go a step further. I want to be a little bit closer to God than I was yesterday or last week or last month. I want to strive to be better. If you've got a problem with, 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 with cussing or vulgarity or, or any of that, man, then pray every morning. God, fill my mouth with your words. Convict me when, I, when I'm about to say something. Or when I'm about to, maybe you got an anger issue. God, every time my, my anger stirs up in my heart, I pray that you would speak to me and convict me about that and that you would bring, bring peace to my life in those moments. And that your word, which I'm attaching my, into my life by reading it, will help me walk away from it. God, when you tell me to do something, help me not to not do it because I know now, Pastor Scott said, James 4, 17, to know to do good and not to do it is sin. So God, it's not just about all the bad things. God, I want to live in the place that is your will for my life to the best of my ability. Will you pray with me? God, we want your wisdom. Your wisdom isn't a, a teaching. Your wisdom isn't just a thought process. It is thoughts 
that come from the Father, teachings that come from your word, teachings that are spoken out of your existence, that we apply to our heart and to our spirit, and we say, help us to live it out. God, I believe that the youngest in here to the oldest in here can gain wisdom because that's what your word says. Jesus, you say, knock and the door will be open. Seek and we will find. And I believe you were speaking to, to wisdom and truth about that. That if we attach ourselves to the very nature of Christ, that if we seek after your wisdom through Bible studies, through reading devotionals, by, by studying your word, by getting in life with people that know you and love you and, and will challenge us, that God, that we will grow in ways that we can never dream or imagine because your wisdom will live out in our lives. God, I pray that as we enter this month of November that we would rest in thankfulness, rest in, in gratitude, but God, also grow in your wisdom for our lives. God, I pray that this week we would go and we would make much of you. We would live out a way that, that people would see the way that we live and they would ask us questions. And God, that we would live your wisdom, repeatedly doing things over and over again to grow in your spirit. Holy Spirit, still our lives, guide and lead us and convict us so that we would be changed and challenged in the image of our Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you in your name we pray. Amen. I hope you have an amazing week this week.